Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. It is Thursday and it is time for our 3.30 show. Uh, that's Mountain Time or Phoenix Time since we don't actually change times here. Uh, I'm having a little trouble opening up the chat room for some reason on the switchboard, so I don't know if that's going to happen for today's show, whether I can get the chat room to open up. Um, I don't know why it's not doing that. Anyway, so we'll see whether we eventually pull that off and uh, see what we can do about that. Anyway, again, if it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, this is your host, Jim Ventura. A little bit about me, and then we'll kind of launch into our show today. Uh, I am a uh, a navigational consultant. Uh, I work with astrology and numerology and tarot, animal cards, rune stones, all kinds of different oracles that I have learned to work with over the years, and I have been doing private consultations with people here in my home office in uh, Phoenix as well as by phone. So if you're interested in info on that, you can go to my website at um, web.mac.com slash words and get in touch with the way to contact me to set up a private session. I'm also an author. I have uh, just published my second book, which is called uh, Snake Oil Volume 1. Uh, might sound familiar to you since that's actually what are we, we like to call the show here. This is Snake Oil. I've actually been writing the Snake Oil column since 2003 and started doing the radio show uh, almost four years ago back in 2008. So uh, I usually like to read... Um, my my current monthly column and then talk about it. Today's show is a little bit of a different format. I always try to do one of these a month, which is a listener's choice show. And I will open up the phone lines a little sooner and see if we have any live listeners who have any uh, questions about any metaphysical subject they want to ask about or even can ask for a five-minute little mini card pull. Um, again, I want to keep them to just short little polls. If you want a longer session, you can contact me privately to do that. But we do, we are open today to uh, to do those, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, right now, I'm very, very annoyed that I cannot get the chat open, so I'm going to see if I can come up with another way of doing that, since we are not getting anywhere here. Uh, I feel like it's uh, very frustrating to not have uh, the chat room available. I think I pulled it off. I just had to go in a different angle with the chat. Okay, did it. We are got the chat room open. Cool. All right. Now I can relax. I guess it's the old way. They used to the new way they've got is a little easier to work with, but I did get the chat up. So another option is if you have a question, comment, you want to say hello, feel free to hop into the chat room and uh you can go from that angle as well too. So, okay, so today's you know, I, I don't um when we we do our listeners choice shows, I like to devote a little bit more time to uh, letting the listeners ask uh, questions or um, to have their little mini-readings. Um, but until we start getting some some people calling in, uh, a couple things I do want to talk about. Uh, I'm going to dive in with a couple of things that are going on, you know, with some of the astrology and also a little bit about an experience that I actually had today that I think would be uh, illuminating for some of the listeners and uh, if I, we don't get any calls, I will, um, I will do a, uh, I will probably pull a rune pull for everyone who might be listening in archive. A lot of, a lot of my listeners are archive listeners who listen to the show uh, at their leisure a little bit later. 
And all the shows, by the way, are archived. You can listen to any of the shows. If you go to uh, the list of archived shows, you can catch any of the shows that might be of interest to you and listen to it at your leisure. So uh, I talked about this a couple of weeks back. Uh, Mars is in retrograde in Virgo right now. Uh, went about a month or so ago, Mars went retrograde. You know, a lot of people are familiar with uh, Mercury going retrograde because that happens a couple times a year. Usually for about a little three, three and a half weeks, it'll go retrograde. And, and what retrograde means is it, you know, from from Earth's perspective, it's almost as if the planet is going backwards. Um, physically, it doesn't, but it's just kind of a, a perspection, uh, perspective thing that it looks like it goes backwards. And and just about all planets um, will will go retrograde at one point or another. Um, Mercury again does it more commonly, as does the Moon, and more noticeably as a uh, but with Mars and and uh, Venus, they, they typically don't go retrograde as often. But when they do go retrograde, they go retrograde for longer periods of time. So this Mars retrograde that we're currently in, again, started about a month or so ago. And Mars kind of rules the part of us that is um, connected with our male energy, aggressiveness, assertiveness, uh, the way we accomplish tasks and get things done. It represents our life force, our vitality, um, it can represent, again, our enthusiasm, our excitement. Uh, it also can represent anger and frustration and where we can get pissed off. So when you have this kind of retrograde motion for a couple of months, you know what's going to happen for everybody at some level is you're going to have this influence in your life. Now, where you can get a lot more specific with it is uh, Mars is actually in Virgo in retrograde. So wherever Virgo is in your chart is the house or the area of life that it's going to hit more notably. Uh, I have it in uh, right now. It started in my sixth house and it went back into my fifth house. Uh, sixth house is work, service, health, maintenance of the body, details, fixing, repairing. Fifth house is, is romance, risk-taking, play, gambling. So um, it has pushed its way back into my fifth but um, you wouldn't really know any of this, of course, unless you've had your astrology chart done. And by the way, that is something that I do. You can contact me to have a you know, private uh, astrological interpretation chart done. And uh, But I can talk a little bit about some of the basics of, of the uh, Mars retrograde because it is in Virgo. And again, like I said, Virgo is somewhere in your chart. Even if you're not a Virgo, you've got every sign somewhere in the chart. Just some signs are more occupied than others. But Virgo rules the part of us that wants to fix, to repair um, the practical part of us that analyzes and is willing to put energy toward resolving, solving, uh, you know, and, and fixing things in our lives. So with this Mars retrograde, it's going to kind of create this effect where a part of you is going to want to kind of fix and resolve things, and some days you're going to be very gung-ho, almost um, overly aggressive. And then you'll find some days where it's almost like you have no life force and no vitality at all, where you're feeling lazy or lethargic, or you don't seem to have the drive or the enthusiasm or can't work up the energy to actually kind of get it done. So almost everyone's going to be going through this at some level. And I, I've talked to a lot of different clients and a lot of people, and they are. They're, you know, everyone's kind of nodding their heads and saying, yeah, you know, some days I'm, I'm, I'm just full of life force, and, and other days I just want to, take a nap and not try very hard. So I found myself um, 
playing online video poker just for the fun of it. And, you know, I'm finding myself doing it a lot, a little more than I normally did. And, you know, even as I'm doing it, there's a part of me that's like, dude, you've got a lot of things you could be getting done that are far more productive than kind of wasting your time playing video poker. But, uh, you know, sometimes we need those breaks and we need to kind of not really direct our energy and to be somewhat unfocused. So during this retrograde, which, by the way, will go until... Um, early April, I think it's around the 9th or the 10th or so of April, I have to look at the exact dates before it goes direct again, everyone's going to be having some of this influence going on. So again, because it's in Virgo, it has to do with repairing and fixing and solving and work and the details of life in that sense. But again, if you know where it is in your chart astrologically in terms of house placements, it's going to get even more specific to where it's affecting your life. And I could go into some detail about that for myself, but I think I I won't um, at this point. I do want to, I'm going to throw up the call-in number uh, in case uh, anyone listening live wants, uh, has a question about any area of metaphysics or if they just want a quick card poll or two, uh, that's the, this is the day to do it. So uh, the call-in number here is 646-200-3966. Uh, you may need to dial a one before that. If I do get a number of people, um, again, I'll keep these uh, chats down to about five minutes since it's not a long show but we'll still get some insight to you. And uh, just be patient if you're waiting on the waiting um, docket line, so to speak. Uh, you might need to dial a 1 before that, but it's 646-200-3966. So uh, that's our call-in number. Anyway, so I mentioned this Mars retrograde that's going on. So again, I think it's some good information for everybody to get. Uh, so again, you're not thinking you're losing your mind if you're having some trouble with your, your, your male energy, with your life force, with your vitality. Um, I know uh, the first day that it went retrograde, I actually got really sick. I I, I overindulged. I ate too much. I ate and drank too much. I, I just I just I just polluted my system, and um, it it came up. Let's put it that way. And then a few hours later, I was fine, which for me was funny because not only is it in Virgo, which is kind of that fix it sign, but it also was in my sixth house, which has to do with work, service, and health and maintenance of the body. So it was actually a pretty clear message to me. You know, I'm in my uh, I'm in my 40s now. You know, you can't do the things you did when you were 20, when you were 40 and 50. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And really, in many ways, a lot of times, I guess, I think for me, I don't really want to be 20 anymore. I like the fact that I take a bit more of a mellower approach to things, so it was eye-opening, but I, I, I definitely got really, really sick. It was kind of a heavy indulgence, and uh, for me, I'm uh, Taurus rising, and and Taurus, the positive pole of Taurus is I have, and its negative expression is I indulge, and um, I would say from someone who's Taurus rising, Taurus ascendant, that that's very accurate. I have to be careful sometimes, because when I like something, I kind of tend to like it a lot. It's like buying the buying the quart of ice cream and having a little ice cream and then having a little more and a little more until you're actually sick. So I've had to watch that tendency in myself to overindulge a bit. Uh, so uh, I think, like I said, most tourists can can identify with that element at some level. So I said that's what we got going on with the retrograde. I think another month Mercury will go retrograde also. Um, but I, you know, I always think Mercury retrogrades as frustrating as they can be sometimes really are more commonplace. We're used to them. Again, these retrogrades, Mars and Venus, typically go longer periods. 
and have a bit more of a uh, like a you know more of a profound effect because of the length of time that they go retrograde, and they are still considered personal planets. Um, again, Mars is more about male energy. Venus is more about um, your feminine energy and receptivity and creativity and romance. You know, Mars can have um, some element of, of romance attached to it too, but it's more of a male aggressiveness. Um, and even if you're female, you've got Mars in your chart, of course, and it will show how you know assertive and aggressive you are in relation to the things that we want. So, you know, a relationship can be an example of that when you really decide you want someone or you're attracted to someone and you find yourself being pulled toward putting energy toward that. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the retrograde. We don't have any callers yet, so I'm going to talk about another thing that has come up um, just today, actually. Uh, I wonder if it's somewhat of an an issue, you know, maybe relating to the West at this point. Um, I notice this a lot that in the winter, certainly in Arizona, we have uh, a lot of uh, blooming of flowers. It, it's a very, very um, productive time because, you know, our spring, I guess, kind of comes earlier. Uh, you know, it, it, the weather is beautiful here right now. It's actually supposed to be 80 degrees today, and then I think it's supposed to go back down into the low 70s by the end of the week. It's a little warm, but it's really, really nice. Everything's blooming. So I noticed a couple of things that had have come to surface um, that I again I noticed patterns and things and this is pretty typical. You definitely get the really really nice weather, um, really beautiful time of year. Again, a lot of flowers blooming, but of course this brings um, two things. One, it brings uh, allergy season for a lot of people. In fact, many people that move here um, do develop uh, allergies in some one form or another. I had them when I was younger uh, growing up on Long Island anyway. In fact, in Phoenix, it's actually much milder in comparison um, than it was when I lived on the East Coast in New York. But, yeah, this is probably the most blatant time of year where I'm inclined to have some sinus stuff going on. And, again, a lot of people are. Um, I have a couple of suggestions on healing and curing that because if there's one thing that I can say from having had allergies through a big part of my life, um, they're definitely a lot milder than when, when I was younger, certainly because of where I am now, but also because of things that I've done that have strengthened my immune system, my ability to not be as strongly affected by them. So I'll mention those things too. Uh, but it kind of taps into a little story. Aside from the sinus issues going on, I've noticed another thing that happens a lot this time of year in the winter. It seems that every once in a while a bumblebee will get into the house. And, you know, uh, again, it's beautiful out. There's a lot of blooming flowers. Of course, the bees are going to kind of be doing their thing. You know, I've never been one to be particularly afraid of bees, maybe the way other people are. I mean, I wouldn't want to get caught in a swarm of them by any means. But, one of the things that is always interesting is in the Druid tradition, and I have a, a set of animal cards that I work with that are Druid animal cards that are really cool, that I've done sessions with people uh, with for many, many years. I love working with them. They're really insightful in terms of how they reflect back what's going on in your life and, and helping you to use power animals. So, of course, I had a bee fly into the house yesterday. Sometimes I leave the front door of my condo open a crack, and so my cat can kind of go in and out. And then, of course, a bee will get in every once in a while, which is frustrating because, you know, I feel for the bee itself where I don't want to kill it. 
I usually will catch it in a cup, and then I will, um, you know, just let it go. I'll let it outside so it can fly away. I've not really been a big one for killing things. Although with cockroaches and stuff like that, I think sometimes you don't really have too much of a choice. But um, I had a bee get in the house yesterday. Couldn't really catch it. I had things going on. And then I found it, you know, dead today in the corner of the windowsill. And then another bee flew in today, right before I started the radio show. And this one I was able to catch in a cup and, and let go. So, again, I had to think to myself, okay, what is the message of bee? If bee keeps coming to me at some level, there's got to be some kind of a message here. So I want to read something to you guys directly from the Druid book of um, of, of, of animals and, and what a bee means. And, again, their, their concept or their idea was that if an animal was showing up or just, you know, a power animal for you or just showing up around you or, again, if a bee just seems to be buzzing around you, then it, it kind of has a message. In a more extreme case, if you got stung by a bee, of course, that would definitely be a message to consider. So in the Druid tradition, the bee is associated with community, celebration, and organization. Um, the image, I'll, I'll explain the imagery and then I'll tell you what the bee means. Um, he says the card shows a queen bee resting on a stone. In the background, we see the house of Mead circling at Tara as it may have looked at the height of its powers. In the sky, the noonday sun shines brightly and we see heather growing by the rock, which is carved with the Ur-Aghem alphabet. He says, B invites us to celebrate. You may have a special reason for celebration, or you may simply need to celebrate the wonder and mystery of being alive. You may like to enjoy a glass or two of mead, which, if it has been made in Scotland, will carry the scent of heather and will bring you closer to the spirit of the highlands. In the Druid tradition, there are occasions to celebrate every six weeks or so. As human beings, we need to have times when we can come together to enjoy each other's company. The bee tells us that we can live together in harmony, however impossible this may sometimes seem, by being at one with the natural world, by paying homage to the sun, by centering our lives around spirit or the goddess, we can work together in community. So here's a very kind of positive interpretation of, of the bee at its best. It represents that idea of celebration. You know, if you think about what a bee represents to us, what kind of energy it carries, you know, the bees, they all sort of happily do their work. They're either protecting the hive or collecting pollen or, you know what I mean, or there's a queen bee. When we say a hive of activity, we're really referring to that idea of a, a, a hopefully a functional workplace. You know, a, 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 some people refer to their family as a hive in that sense. But it's the idea that everyone sort of has their role. So that's why it has a lot to do with this idea of being organized and efficient, the energy that the bee carries. Also, of course, there's that happy bee analogy and the idea of um, that, that, like they talk about in the Druid traditions. Like, you know, in, in the Druid culture, like every six weeks or so, they just had celebrations. They just had parties. People came together to celebrate. And I think as human beings, we need to know that we can have celebrations and parties and things and, and get along with each other in the, in the best possible sense, that it is actually possible that people can coexist and get along with each other. Now, I noticed a very interesting thing. I may have mentioned this on a previous show. A couple of years ago, they were talking about how a lot of the bees were dying, that there was a concern among scientists that bees were dying. And, you know, they, their theory is that it had something to do with the cell phones and it messing up the bees, um, 
you know, trajectory, the way they maneuver around. They have all kinds of theories as to why many bees are dying. And I think that, yeah, there's got to be a scientific reason behind it. But I also think that, you know, we're at a point in history where we may actually be, be, be even not getting along even more radically than we ever have before. Even in this country itself, there is such an extreme argument between the right and the left, uh, uh, Democrats and Republicans. There's such an extreme, vehement hatred and anger and, and push and pull between the right and the left at this point. I personally think it's really, really exhausting. I've always been a moderate and kind of uh, an independent when it comes to politics. You know, sometimes the candidate, the better candidate is a Republican. Sometimes the better one is a Democrat. You know, uh, I hate to align myself with a specific thing because, again, I guess I kind of think it's silly because both have wise elements to them and then both have kind of stuff that makes them retarded. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the best sense. So it's such a polarization that I think that the passing of the bees is a representation of this idea that we're not getting along with each other, that we can dis we can agree to disagree. You know, you don't have to, you know, as an example is you don't have to agree with gay marriage if you're a straight person, but to not think that it's okay is really kind of attacking at the same time. It's kind of the liberty and justice for all idea. You may not necessarily agree with it, but to take it away from someone is also, again, really almost a, an element of animosity in that respect and, and a lack of a lack of uh, commonality and understanding and awareness. So we see a lot of this going on, and that's my theory as to why the bees may be dying. You know, all events are entwined. We, you know, uh, something that's happening physically always has an emotional and a psychological cause behind it, too. Now, let me talk about another part of this as well, too, because we're talking about the bee coming in. You know, in the Druid animal cards, of course, if the animal card comes up upright, it means you're relating to the energy and the vibration behind the animal in a more comfortable way. If it comes up reversed, of course, it suggests that somehow your bee energy is out of balance. You know, that would be the case if you were attacked by bees or you were stung or you had a hornet's or bee's nest in your yard or that you were allergic to bees or something. It can really suggest that there's something about the bee energy that throws you out of balance. So let me read you their interpretation of the bee card reversed. Again, meaning somehow something's off kilter in us with the bee energy itself. He says, uh, the bee drawn reversed uh, may indicate that you are feeling out of place and unsure of your role in this world. A beehive functions harmoniously because each bee knows its role and the work that it must do. Consequently, it is highly productive and plays an important role in the local ecology. We talk of a productive work environment as a hive of activity. If you find you are lacking in motivation or feeling isolated from the community that surrounds you, you may need some bee medicine. A modern English folk healer uses bee stings therapeutically to cure asthma and other ailments. And you may need to prod yourself into action before others do the prodding for you. If you find this applies to you, spend some time thinking about your role in life and then make decisions in accordance with your sense of purpose and the resulting goals that this engenders. Remember that the bee knows the value of organization, of paying homage to the goddess and the sun, and of working hard. Remember, too, that she calls us to a celebration of life and the inner recognition of our membership of the community of all of nature. Now, this is a great passage, and I love, I mean, I just love the way this was written. The um, authors of this book, and I think the book is out of print, but um, the authors, it's called The Druid Animal 
Oracle, and the authors are Philip and Stephanie Cargom, C-A-R-R-G-O-M-M. If you're interested in learning how to work with an Oracle or Animal Cards anyway, you know, look and see if you can find this, even if you have to find a used copy. Um, it's a shame that it's out of print because the artwork is brilliant and the passages and the research they did to put this book together are absolutely brilliant. Very, very well done. Um, that, that doesn't stop something, from, of course, from going out of print. Um, but they bring up some very interesting points here, and a lot of us go through this where we, we feel unsure about our role in the world. Who are we? What's our life purpose? Um, what are we meant to do? Do we fit? Do we fit into our family? Do we fit into our work? Are we doing the work that we feel is aligned with who we really, really are? And this whole idea of talking about, um, you know, that the B represents that sometimes we have to make choices or the prodding, you know, will come from outside of us is very, very valid and a great kind of tie-in to what I was talking about here with this Mars retrograde issue about some days feeling enthusiastic and some days feeling lazy and lethargic. And a lot of times when you're feeling lazy and lethargic, it can just be that you need to rest. But other times it can be that we're afraid of taking action, um, or we're not sure of what action to take, and, and other issues that could really, really be part of, of our, you know, our psyche. He also brings up, of course, that you know, the modern English folk healer uses bees therapeutically to cure asthma and other ailments. Um, absolutely. And this goes back to another thing I had mentioned before I was going to talk about, about allergies. Now, I always, I've known this even as a, as a youngster that I had a lot of sinus stuff and allergy stuff going on. And I think I, didn't, I never had asthma. It was never that extreme. But I used to have allergy issues really quite often when I was younger. And I recognized when I began to study metaphysics that allergies and sinus issues often have to do with our ability to receive, to accept abundance at some level. Because if you think about the idea of having blocked breathing, or issues with sinus, or you know, um, or if you're getting, you know, you're having allergy attacks because everything is blooming, you know, we really are tapping into that idea that there's something within us that doesn't feel worthy of receiving or abundance and the beauty and all of those other dynamics that are really, really much naturally a part of life. In fact, anybody with asthma, um, in Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. She mentions that often there's an energy pattern of sort of smother love um, that is part of people who develop asthma also. Um, the overprotective mother um, can often be a common theme, uh, keeping them safe from the bad world. Uh, you know, not, not that that's always going to be the case with people who develop asthma, but often there's an energy pattern behind that too. So I know for me with the allergy stuff, um, I definitely have entered into a more abundant period in my own life. Um, I know this time of year, typically, I do get this from a very purely physiological angle, but it also does seem to bring up a lot of energy around whether I'm comfortable in receiving and what I'm open to and how comfortable I am with abundance and being helped and assisted and all of those things, a lot of things that I had discomfort about with when I was younger. So, uh, again, really always interesting to look at these dynamics um, another thing that, that uh, Louise Hay mentions in the book, You Can Heal Your Life, about the base cause behind illness is she mentions that um, often when we have sinus issues, it often has to do with irritability, being irritable with someone close to us or even our own self at some level. So I always think that those things are entwined energetically. Um, that's why one of the recommendations that a lot of um, the 
folk healers have suggested, and certainly a lot of herbalists, is if you want to help strengthen your immune system against allergies and just strengthen the immune system in general, lo and behold, the thing that you can do that isn't very costly either is you can actually buy and ingest local honey. The idea behind that is the bee propellus or other factors that relate to, again, the local bee population in your area um, will strengthen one's immune system. The beehives themselves are often usually very, very strong structurally, and bees typically can be very healthy and very strong. So there's an energy behind that that you can pull in by taking in honey. Again, it's, it's, honey, I think, itself is very healing, but local honey is even better because it's going to have remnants of the pollen in the area that if you ingest, again, theoretically, your immune system should become stronger. Now, I always buy local honey. There's a great health food store that's really close by my house. I mean, like it's like a, it's like a quarter of a mile. I could walk to it um, called Arnie's Health Food Store. <laughs> and um, I get a nice big jar of honey for like 10 bucks, which I love because I, um, I like uh, honey and tea a lot. I, I like to drink tea. I like coffee also. I just can't have as much coffee as I can have tea. And I love to, to ingest um, tea. And I, I, I can put sugar in it, but I way prefer honey. Honey to me is like almost like a candy. Uh, peanut butter is that way, by the way, too, to me. I always feel like peanut butter is like candy. It's so delicious to me. But so is honey. But there is all these healing elements and properties to honey that can really be considered. So it is an easy way for a lot of people to ingest things that will strengthen the immune system and um, also, again, will strengthen you against allergies and really, really bring you into contact with that be part of us, that part of us that feels as if we fit into the world, if we have a role, if we have our place, um, you know, and, and again, and how we fit into that role. And I'll tell you, even if you don't think that you do, you do. You know, we all have unique characteristics and abilities and talents. Um, we may not necessarily get to fully manifest them in a lifetime. Fear can block that. Um, karmic issues, all kinds of things can, but we always have that opportunity to really look at what our unique talents, strengths, and abilities are and to be willing to, to you know, strive for those things. So that would be my message for today. Um, you do fit even if you don't think that you fit. As I know for me, um, you know, that when I was younger, I had two I had three major concerns that I, that I think that made me feel like I didn't fit correctly into the world. One was I was a very alternative thinker at a young age. I was being heavily spoon-fed a lot of religion. I was having a lot of trouble with accepting it and acknowledging it. I felt bad and guilty that I couldn't, that somehow something was rubbing me wrong within it. Um, so I had a lot of anxiety about that. I began the metaphysical road and path at a young age when I was about 17, 16. And, you know, I was worried that people would think I was a weirdo, that they wouldn't accept me. And, uh, of course, lo and behold, uh, my prediction I used to make back then, too, that metaphysics and New Age stuff would be commonplace in the next 20 or 30 years is accurate. Um, the other two other things that I struggled with were... I didn't feel I was physically attractive. I felt I, I mean, I felt that, that I, you know, I didn't like that I had red hair. I didn't. I was balding at a young age. I didn't feel like I was attractive. And uh, and then the third thing was I was, um, you know, I was a gay man. 
And, you know, this is way before, you know, Ellen and Will and Grace and things of that nature. So it was a lot more difficult to come to terms with that, um, especially because I never really fit into the category of, like, the Richard Simmons type or anything like that. I was always very masculine. I You know, I just didn't have a lot of the theatrics, so it didn't make sense to me. So I had all these things that made me feel like I didn't fit. In fact, uh, my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, which I wrote back in 2001, 2002, 2003, and published in 2007. Uh, it's available through Amazon, or you can uh, order it directly from me. I talked a lot about some of these things, about how I didn't feel like I fit in the world. So, of course, again, really nice analogy to I also had allergies. You know, it's always that what came first, the chicken or the egg analogy. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they coexist at the same time. So, um, but I, I really largely got over a lot of those issues, and I think that's one of the reasons why allergies don't affect me to the degree that they did when I was younger. I think I still feel a little bit like a weirdo, but I don't really care as much, and now I sort of like that I'm a weirdo. I think that it's sort of a good thing. I think the odder you are, the better in some respects. I don't, I never really, I don't really necessarily never wanted to follow the status quo either too much. Although I did talk about that a little bit in that book when I kind of sold my soul along the way a little bit to fit in. So I think we all have elements of this within us. And I think we also have those elements of really, really enjoying the idea of, of sometimes we just simply need to celebrate. We need to enjoy our lives. We need to, you know, feel like we're, we, we have a camaraderie among people. You know, I, I, I love the idea that everyone has different ethnic backgrounds that they're from, cultural standards, um, and things that make us um, part of something. And I think we should celebrate that. But I also think that we can get carried away with attaching ourselves too much to one specific cultural identity. Um, you know, I always notice that a lot with, with certain gay men that sometimes I didn't know whether they were feminine or whether they were almost sort of theatrically so to kind of show how gay they were. <laughs> I know this is going to sound terrible in that respect, but it, it just always sort of struck me that way. And I guess I sort of saw the same thing in other areas too, like people that were Jewish that were like almost like cartoonishly cliche culturally and everything that a quote-unquote a Jewish person is supposed to be or a black person or a woman or a fat person or you know it's all the same stuff to me we're all different and unique in some way we belong to different cultural identities but and we definitely draw things from those identities but I think when we only align ourselves with those identities we really lose that uniqueness that is part of who we are as human beings that you know, if you're Hispanic, you're going to have certain characteristics that you've pulled culturally from your Hispanic um, heritage, and, and those things are awesome. But you're also going to be, you know, your astrology is going to be different from other people's astrology, your personality. You know, you're not necessarily going to fit in with what you're, you know, theoretically supposed to be. And know what you want to. But I do think that that's the line, and I, I think for a, a lot of people, we do, we try to stuff ourselves into a certain identity in that sense. I mean, you know, if you're a gay man, you're supposed to love musical theater. You're supposed to want to dress in women's clothes. Um, Got to tell you, neither of those things have ever been of the slightest bit of interest to me at all. Just never really pulled at me. But I can identify with elements of being gay that are very valuable, which is... The male and female energy is, is somewhat more balanced in that we often have the ability to see a feminine perspective in a way 
that is um, clearer than, than, than heterosexual males might be able to understand the way a woman thinks. And the same dynamic is in the reverse in that respect as well. We still have that maleness. That's why a lot of women will really often get a lot of benefit out of having a gay male friend um, because they feel safe. They're not necessarily going to be hit on. But, so you're still dealing with the energy of a male while at the same time, um, you know, uh, you have someone who's more open-minded, more understanding of, of feminine need and perceptions as well. So I use that as an example, and there's so many examples of it. You know, e- even if you, it's just that you're a female and you happen to be really large in size, you know, there's a beauty in that that may not necessarily meet the cultural standards of the world, but also often is very healing and very empowering to other people. Even if, if you're a, a very large, heavy woman and you're very confident in who you are as a person and you have great sex and great relationships and all of those things, you could, you're literally a poster board for, for maybe other young women that are struggling with weight issues to accept who they are and learn to love themselves that way. So... This is a great thing to really, really understand, that the way you're wired isn't really wrong. I think we're fed that information a lot of times from, from, from other people, from our families, culturally. And again, this B that we've been talking about, this energy behind it is that reminder that, you know, we can get together and celebrate with each other um, as, as individuals and still come together. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about this. I've got about six more minutes in the show, so I can take one caller, so I want to throw the phone number out there. Uh, it's 646-200-3966. Again, I'll only be able to take one quick phone call today. You might need to dial a one before that. So if anybody does want to call in in the next few minutes, feel free. Otherwise, I'm going to finish up a couple of these thoughts. Um, I do see we've had a number of people kind of jumping in the chat room, which tells me people listening to the show. So I appreciate all of my listeners. I hope you're getting some uh, good insight in in what I'm talking about today. Uh, Sometimes when I don't have callers, um, um, I I pick a subject that I think is really applicative, that I think a lot of people maybe kind of needed to hear. And we have been been talking today a bit about, um, about your fire energy, and we've been talking a bit about your bee energy and looking at the part of you that can join with others and celebrate and enjoy the, the positive elements of life and how to be more organized and more efficient and also how to recognize where you may not feel like you fit in. I mean, for many people, I've had a number of different jobs in my life. Thankfully, the jobs that I, the job I've had the longest is the job that I have now, which is a, as, a, as a navigational consultant, a counselor. Um, I've had this one the longest, and it's my favorite job. I mean, I've, I've worked regular jobs. I've worked in restaurants. Um, I have, um, I have done mostly restaurant business in different capacities. Um, I even once worked in a factory when I was very young. I worked in a factory for like a month, a month and a half when I was about 19. And I got to tell you, talk about a fish out of water or talk about not feeling like I was fitting in with my people because I'm telling you, I, I couldn't suggest it enough. I could not fit into that world no matter how I tried. And I didn't feel bad that I couldn't. I had a couple of friends that worked there and they got me the job and it was like a vitamin factory and, God, it was just a torturous to me. Um, I just don't like the whole nine to five thing and 
the little bell ringing at 12 o'clock and everyone runs to their lunch groups and gets their coffee cups. Ugh, not for me. Now, great for someone else. They may love that kind of structure. I just never have. But I never struggled with the fact that I didn't fit into it. To me, it was just that it was not really right for me. And, and many of the people that worked there, they loved their job. There was, I remember a mother and daughter that used to stack, pack the um, vitamin C capsules, and I remember walking by and talking to them, and they loved their job, mother and daughter, um, and uh, they were so thrilled because you know every once in a while they'd sneak a vitamin C tablet. And that was their dirty little secret. It was really cute, actually, that they just, oh, we, every once in a while we get our free vitamin C. I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. But um, it was cute. You know what I mean? They they really did. They loved what they did. They enjoyed coming to work. So did my buddy who worked there that got me the job. He just loved the job. In fact, he met his wife there. And I got married and had a kid. So anyway, uh, we can get some really wonderful things in terms of the areas that we fit, and we can also recognize that there are areas where we just simply don't fit. Okay, it looks like we're winding down on time, so I want to mention a few other things and then finish up the show today. Um, I will be back here again next month, of course, uh, for early March to do my uh, Colin Reed show. I'm going to be talking about talisman symbols. Um, If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, Email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com, and I will add you to the uh, monthly newsletter mailer. It doesn't cost anything. Um, There's offerings for discounts on sessions and all kinds of good information and classes and CDs and things that I I sell and that I market. You're not required to buy anything, and the, the newsletter is blind copied out, meaning no one will ever get your email address from me or anything like that. It's just great free information. Uh, also, uh, I, I will be doing this Talisman series. We'll be talking about that next week. I'm very excited about that. Very cool information to share with you guys um, and a way to order your own Talisman symbols and begin to work with them. They're like protective symbols. Also, I just published um, I just published uh, Snake Oil Volume 1, so if you have not been reading the columns since back in 2003, this is the first four years of columns. Um, it's an awesome book. It also has nine snake charms in it, which are kind of uh, metaphysical how-to guides, how to do lucid dreaming, past life regression, a few other things that I talk about. So it's a great book. You can get the book uh, directly on Amazon. Just order it through there. Or you can just contact me, and I can uh, get you a copy of it, and I can sign it for you as well, too. So, uh, again, VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com, and you can get access to all of that good information. And same thing, you can also get my previous book, Dirty Little Secrets, which I have available on CD also, uh, where I just uh, went into a recording studio and I I told all the stories, so you can actually pop it into the computer and listen to all of the, the stories and tales. Okay, so uh, again, it looks like we're down to our last two minutes here, so I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Um, again, I'm, I'm here almost every Thursday, usually around 3.30 um, Arizona time, which is mountain typically. Uh, that'll be changing in the next couple of weeks. I think we'll be on Pacific time. Uh, Arizona doesn't change our time uh, our times. I, I have to say, as, as, as some of Arizona's politics and things are, are pretty retarded, um, one area that I really like about being in Arizona is that we don't change the times. Ugh, I can't stand that. I just wish that it would be eliminated. It's just such a pain in the ass to me that we, that we even still do that. So, uh, yeah, get rid of that, guys. Ugh, I just, uh, it's just completely unnecessary in, in a modern age. 
Anyway, so again, uh, if you uh, want to catch any of the past recorded shows, you can check those out in the archives. If you're interested in a private session, email me, and uh, you can get information about prices and and uh, get set up for a, uh, a private session if you're interested. Or um, any of my books and all that stuff, all available on the website, web.mac.com slash Ventura Words. Okay, again, thanks everybody for joining me today, all the guests that have chopped in and out of the, the chat room. Um, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. I hope I'll catch up with you guys next time. Uh, this is Jim Ventura saying, um, remember to uh, celebrate your life. Uh, remember the good energy behind the bee. And uh, give yourself some time to have some fun and recognize that you do fit in this world and your life force is like no one else's. You have a unique mission to do, and uh, and don't be afraid to do it. Okay, uh, this is Jim Ventura with Snake Oil Radio signing out, and we'll catch you all next time. Have a wonderful afternoon, evening. Cheers.